Hey everyone, this is Danny, and you're listening to Imagine Me, the podcast that helps you show up as your best self. And joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Don Finkley Jr. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at some point we got to stop the applause thing. We, yeah, we can. But okay. what are we going to put there instead? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Oh, I'm so used to something being I, there. I'm just here. You're just here? <laughs> okay. But like we applause because, you know, we like when you're here. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that two participation trophy? Like Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Business stuff, everyone. Follow us on Facebook, ImagineMeWorthy.422. Insta, ImagineMeWorthy. And this will be the last episode, the last chance for you to turn in your question. Um, If you have a question that you want featured on an ImagineMe episode for Ask ImagineMe, send your question to ImagineMeWorthy at gmail.com. We will give you a cool nickname. We will never disclose your identity. If you put it there, trust and believe. I am very good at keeping confidentiality. It's part of my job. That is the business end. All right. So I'm going to talk about something. And I don't know if you guys have heard about this. The quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. (laughs) Quiet quitting. So at first, we all heard about the great resignation. Mm-hmm. Now the phrase is quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. This is the latest career trend circling in social media. And this is how I feel like I'm out of touch because with as much time I spend on social media, I did not hear about this until recently. Right. Right. And then when I heard about it, I was like, huh, let me look into this. And it's pretty, in- pretty interesting. So, Keep listening if you want to figure out what this is and if you fall into the quiet quitting box. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, quiet quitting, uh, I guess it depends. So from what I gathered, from what I found on it, it depends on who you ask. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's a way to keep your perspective. So your job won't take over the rest of your life. Mm, Okay. That's legit. Yeah. Others see a darker side of this. They say it's a sign of being disengaged at work. Mm. And I feel in this day and age, that is a common thing yeah. for people who have jobs. Yep. That means that it can have a negative impact on uh, career and society. Again, depending on which side of the coin you are on, mm-hmm. if you are an employer, this might be a bad thing because your right. productivity will start to suck. Right. If yep. you are a consumer and you got stuff to do and you got customer service needs, this might suck. Right. So a recent Gallup poll found that at least half of American workers say they are doing the minimum to meet their job description. Jeez. Intentionally? I just think they're burnt out. Oh, They okay. just don't have it in them no more. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So... I wanted to look into this to see if there was somehow a middle ground between being a workaholic or just going through the motions. Um, So these are some things that I pulled from this. And I don't know, you all let me know if this resonates with you. Mm. When I was reading about this, one thing that came to my mind that I found was 
or in my opinion, was the biggest issue with this is that people cannot maintain a balance. Mm, yeah. We hear about, you know, work-life balance, which by the way, if you ask me, I don't even know if that's possible. There, <laughs> nothing is ever going to be 50-50, 50-50. Yeah, uh, I think there's a there's an expectation with a certain generation where that's like a thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but just know that is not a realistic expectation. Right. Particularly, I mean, you work, most people work eight hours a day. Also, if you're new to a certain career or a certain job, that's mm-hmm. it's unrealistic to mm-hmm. expect, oh, well, I have to have time to do this. And uh, you know, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Here's the thing. Make things a priority. Mm -hmm. When I hear people say things like, I don't have time for self-care, what I hear is self-care is not a priority. Right. Exactly. Yep. Or I don't have time to, you know, spend time with my family. Well, spending time with my family is not a priority. Right. So just my opinion. So... Everyone needs a personal life for the sake of their mental health. That's one thing we know for sure. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you risk becoming burnt out and overwhelmed. Yep. And, you know, that could lead to being laid off. And in particular occupations, you really do need to be able to distance yourself mm. from that after work. Right. I have I, I am guilty of working longer than I should. Mm-hmm. Like even today, when I went to go get my um, my mani-pedi, I had considered doing my pedicure if I brought my computer with me <laughs> that I could get some work done while my pedicure was getting done. And just as I was about to grab my computer, I put it down because I was like, that ain't self-care. I'm supposed to completely detach, detach yep. myself from work because this is not about work. This right. is about something I'm doing for myself. Right. So some studies have found that working too much is one of the biggest life regrets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people like you look back on, yeah, I've given 30 years to this this job, but how does your family feel about you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as parents, you know, we have to strike a delicate balance between working because we have to provide for our family. Right. But. We only have uh, access or just our, we only have our kids for just a like blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of how long people live, it's like a tiny little slither of uh, your kid's life. Right. In an even smaller part of that, they actually want to be around you. At, at some point, <laughs> you ain't going to be invited no more. Right. <laughs> you keep saying, you, if you have a kiddo who keeps asking you to go outside and throw the ball or uh, help them ride their bike, you keep saying, no, you're busy or you're occupied. At some point, they will stop asking you. Absolutely. Don't, don't get butt hurt when you don't get invited to stuff. Yeah. So here are five strategies um, that I thought were helpful. Um, The first one is set boundaries. I mentor three young ladies who are just amazing at their jobs. Mm. And all three have very young families and all three are new to the to the behavioral health field and it is real really easy to get into the mode of my especially if your job is your passion mm. where you just pour all of this in and then people 
Here's one thing. If you're good at your job, this is why they say it sucks to be good at your job. Mm-hmm. They will keep asking you to do yep. things. Yep. Guess what? Set boundaries. You can say no. Did you know that? You can say no. Yep. It's up to you how much you want to integrate your personal and professional activities or to keep them separate. Um, I choose to not work on Saturday and Sundays. Right. That is just I'm not right. going to do it. There are I, I know a lot of people who do it, uh, but I will not find an arrangement that allows you to lead a happy, meaningful life. Second, limit your hours. I had a problem with this. And so I. Because I have my own company and I'm an independent contractor, I make my own hours, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And everybody doesn't. Most people actually don't have that privilege. You know, you know, it's a good and a bad thing, because what I found is when I transitioned into having my own thing that I did not have a uh, like work hours. Right. I didn't have like a beginning of my day and the end of my day. And it was brought to my attention by my coach. You know, we were discussing and she was just like, when do you get off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you first started, it was just like nonstop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When does your work day end? What do you mean? Yeah. Wow. Well, think about it. If you have any other job, you know, there would be a big, hopefully a beginning and ending. Right. Um, There are some jobs where there is mandatory overtime. Y'all read your job descriptions. Stop signing stuff, please. (laughs) Ask questions. Yeah. Don't just sign on a dotted line. When they hand you your job description, go through every bullet point. I don't care if it's five pages long. I don't care if they're looking at you impatient. You could tell them you need time to look through this and ask questions. Because what I've seen happen is that well, people will sign their job descriptions. And when they are forced to work mandatory overtime, they have an issue. And you know what that supervisor does? You know what HR does? They politely send you an email with your signature and highlight that part that says mandatory overtime. And you sitting there looking like boo-boo the fool. Maybe. If they're if they are nice. If they nice, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like read just in most cases play, play in, in some in some cases you might be quietly fired. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of quiet quitting, you quiet fired. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, just just read everything before you sign it. Mm-hmm. All right. So excessive overtime can interfere with your well-being as well as your performance. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Right. I tell people yeah. this all the time. Yeah. And even if when you first start your job and you're on fire and you feel like you can work these 12 hour days, mm-hmm. that's going to catch up to you. And at some point, you are not going to be as effective as your job as you once were. It's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah. Create a reasonable schedule and stick to your quitting time, even when you work from home. Right. That means maintaining that boundary with even people who you work with who might text you and be like, hey, did you get that email? No, because I'm off. Right. Are you busy? Actually, I am. And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. There are some scenarios where it's not. And I understand that coming from a military background. For those of you out there, if you're listening to this and you're in any of the branches, I understand. Our adversaries don't stop And that's why we are on call 24-7. That is a different world. Um, But at the same time, you have to make time for yourself and your family. And it is possible because I've done it. Yeah. No, I I hear that. It's like I used to run a safe house. Right. And sadly, domestic violence or assaults 
don't happen between nine and five. Right, right. It's not on your schedule. It's not on your schedule. So, you know, within necessary means, even if what I would do is I would flex my hours. Mm -hmm. If I work till two in the morning, that means I'm going to come in later Mm -hmm. for work. Mm -hmm. So I think it helps with, you know, if you, if you're someone that has a family, communication is like key. Right. So if you have something coming up and you know you're not going to be available for this time and you know you have to work overtime or you know you're going to have to leave in the middle of the night, just communicating it, you know. Yep. I remember our first duty station mm-hmm. and you would get calls like two or three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And you got to get up and go. Yep. Had the on call phone. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so the third one is to build relationship. A lot of times, and depending on your career, some people just don't understand. Right. And, you know, like you just mentioned the military. Mm -hmm. Some people don't understand what it's like being in the military. Nope. Most people don't. Yeah. And, you know, like providing advice and all that stuff from like outside sources who really don't understand that life. Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't work or even like my career, you know, I've even within the behavioral health field, the particular concentration that I chose isn't for everyone. Right. Now, how do you have longevity in a career that is particularly hard? Part of that is connecting with your colleagues. Sometimes you don't have anyone else but your coworkers. Yep. The people that can relate to you and know how it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They understand that look. They understand that tiredness. And I'm willing to bet they feel the same. Mm -hmm. And a good example of this is for this past week. This was a really hard week for me. But like looking looking around at my other coworkers and confiding in them, they're like, yeah, this was a tough week for me too. Mm -hmm. And you might not be the only person feeling the squeeze or feeling the pressure. Yep. And who better to, you know, especially if this person is in, you know, the building you work with or someone, if you work from home, someone who can be easy accessible. Hey, can I bounce some things off of you? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've texted like my three core people. Hey, you got a few minutes or you have some time. It That's OK. Yeah. That, that's how you have longevity. That's how you take care of yourself. Yep. Four, take vacations. Now, let me preface this. Mm. It does not mean that you have to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that can sound like it's coming from a very privileged place. It does. (laughs) Sometimes a staycation is all you need. And I find those wonderful. Actually, those are kind of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. You give me a week at home and all I got to do is like binge watch something or just chill with my kids. Yeah. That's fine. That's like for me. The weekends. Yep. If I have a weekend where I'm not doing anything, I am so excited about that. Like, I, oh my gosh, it's Friday. What are you doing this weekend? Not a thing. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And that's wonderful. So all that, all a vacation means is any time that you can enjoy time away from work. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have it within means, visit some places, but it doesn't have to be extravagant, even if you want to do a day trip you know, or visit your family, Mm -hmm. anything that is not going to stress you out. Now, don't take a vacation to visit your family and you know your family on some other stuff. Oh my gosh. And this is just going to be stressful. Yep. Don't do that. Yep. 
Um, and then when you take these vacations, rest. Yeah. Rest. Yeah. Vacation Enjoy doesn't it. mean you're up and you have an agenda all day, every day, going, seeing and doing stuff. <laughs> that's that's what it's like vacationing with children. It, yeah. Yep. It, that's yep. that's what it's like. You got to yep. keep them busy. So the idea is just to give yourself some downtime and rest from, you know, the, the rat race. Or here's another thing. Take many vacations. Go out for lunch. Out. Even if you brown bag it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you don't even have to spend money, right? Yeah, no. So you take, make sandwiches and go do a picnic somewhere, a nice yeah. scenic place, a nice park. Just, yeah. you know. Just don't have your lunch in front of your computer. Do not have lunch and work at the same time. That is not a break. You need a break. And then schedule breaks in between tasks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will schedule like a 10 or 15 minute break. And on my schedule, it'll say something like breathe or, you mm-hmm. know, go outside. It doesn't matter. Just be sure to get up and move. Mm-hmm. The last tip for maintaining balance is practice self-care. Yeah, I know how I feel about the word self-care, <laughs> but it I, is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. The idea, the most important part of self-care is investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it can be anything. Like I mentioned it in an episode before, for me, a lot of times it's just music. I love music. And if that means that I need in one of my breaks in between one of my tasks is to sit in my car and listen to some ice cube Mm -hmm. or, you know, like some other day I was listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony. I was like, why I stopped listening to them. (laughs) But anyway, just, you know, find out what works for you. Mm -hmm. And part of self-care also means eating. Y'all, you got to eat. Right. Do you know how many times I've had to catch myself like, it's two o'clock. Have I eaten anything? Yeah. When I do go into the office, I feel me and my coworkers, we politely remind each other to eat. Oh, wow. It's one o'clock. I didn't see you eat. Have you eaten? Yeah. Yeah, That's a good thing to keep each other in check like that. Yeah. Yeah. Take a break. Take a break. Yeah. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So the second part of this quiet quitting um, is about protecting your career. At least that's what I got from what I read about it. Mm. Um, So what you do for a living can have a big impact on the quality of your life. Right. And uh, just be productive about making choices that align with your values that help you reach your goals. This is actually something I learned in a career career counseling course. And there are a lot of theories on on careers and how to choose a career. Right. And a lot of times when you go to a career counselor, one of the first things they do is they will give you either one of the numerous assessments that they do, but what they're really looking for is for your values, mm-hmm. um, your interests, mm-hmm. your goals. Mm-hmm. And when you put all that information in, it'll populate things that might be interesting for you. Right, wow. It's pretty cool. I think the Myers-Briggs is one of the biggest ones. Right. So if you ever have the opportunity, it's a really expensive test, but I do think it's worth it to do it at least like once every five years mm. to, you know. When you say just, really expensive, like what, what it, do you have it at ballpark? I think anywhere between like one to 300. Oh, wow. Depending nice. on the counselor or the, the clinician that you go to, because it has to be issued through someone who is 
who has taken the courses. You wow. can't just mm. um, start giving people the Myers-Briggs um, test. Um, I know two people who are really good at interpreting that. Mm. So having just make sure you are aligning yourself with the career that also aligns with your values, because I will tell you, it doesn't take long for you to burn out if you are working in a place that does not align morally or with your values. Right. Yep. And even if the career does, sometimes it can be the agency that doesn't align with you. Mm. Sometimes, you know, just I used to work for a place, everything that glitter and gold. And it's almost like pulling back the curtain. Holy crap, this place is going to implode. You cannot continue to operate that way. And to the best of your ability, try to make proactive choices. I know everyone doesn't have that luxury, but it doesn't mean that you can't work your way to a career that better aligns with who you are. And here are some techniques to consider to protect your career. The first thing is communicate directly. So many experts regard poor management and remote work as two of the main reasons behind quiet quitting. Mm. So the poor management part is just, I mean, obvious. (laughs) Management doesn't, they're not good with training. So if you don't know how to do your job, you're frustrated. Yep. The micromanaging part of that. Oh, Lord. That basically means that they don't trust you to do your job. My biggest pet peeve. Yeah. And also there's poor communication. Poor. I, like that's my pet peeve is communication. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. I can't like. Mm. So as much as possible, have face to face conversations because I can't tell you how many times I have been misinterpreted through text and email. Oh, Yeah. I am a proponent of if I can't talk to you face to face, I'm going to pick up the phone so that you can hear my tone. Same, same. And honestly, depending on that person's mood can also be how it's interpreted. If that person's already having a crappy day, no matter what you said, it they're already they're viewing it from a lens uh, like, you know, where they're already kind of wound up. Yep. So just make sure. You say what you want to say and be very direct with that. Mm-hmm. Some things that I find helpful are just supervisions or just company meetings or like a meeting with your, you know, with, with management right. once a week where you can speak about things that you're experiencing. If you can't have a like a uh, like a group meeting, hit up your manager and see if you can do a one on one thing yeah. if something is not sitting right with you. Right. I highly recommend you write down or jot down some points you want to discuss because I can't tell you how many times like I know like the anxiety of having to talk to a supervisor about something that you disagree with. It can put you in a space where your thoughts don't align. So just write it down. Right. The second is clarify your expectations. Yeah. So part of this, again, is direct communication. For instance, if your supervisor gives you a task, some things that I do, what is the timeline for this project? When is this due? When do you want this done? I will read through what they're asking me. I will ask questions Mm -hmm. because as someone who also is a, um, a leader, if you don't ask me questions, I don't know you don't know. I'm assuming if you have not asked me any questions that the project is going to be done on time Mm -hmm. and it is going to be done to 
what I've asked. Yep. There is nothing wrong with asking questions. Please do so. Mm-hmm. Also, ask for feedback. Yep. And leaders, please give constructive feedback. You don't get to say, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might not like it, but right. what? And so what? Right. Make it better. What does that mean? Right. What is this? Just if you're giving feedback, I don't like it. And why? For and, it's a, it, I'm sorry. It's important for leaders or people in management positions to um, clearly define their expectations. Yep. And then check for clarification. Something that I like to do if I am explaining something, I will take moments. Did that make sense? Or did, did that come across? You know, because sometimes, especially on days that I'm busy, I would go, and I would like tell, like get all this stuff out. And I can tell when the person is staring at me and not blinking <laughs> that they've already checked out. Oh my gosh. And I'll just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, that was overwhelming, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The third one is to show concern. Let your colleagues know that you care about mm-hmm. their well being. If mm-hmm. you are witnessing a colleague who you think might be struggling, you know, sometimes a simple, I see you. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah. Hey, if you ever want to talk about anything, Mm -hmm. I'm here. And the interesting thing is if you're actually paying attention as a leader, you will notice that stuff before it it gets too far ahead. And not even as a leader, even as a coworker, you know, I can't tell you how many times a coworker has just like noticed, huh? I noticed, you know, you you in the meeting that you weren't sharing as much or lately you've been like, I used to keep my my office door closed a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember this. (laughs) I just can't deal with this right now. (laughs) I kept mine open. Yeah. But just, you know, make sure you are checking in and have genuine concern. Don't be one of those people just like, oh, if you need anything, let me know. And then that person needs something. You just like your problem. Right. If you don't mean that, don't say it. Right. Just be genuine, y'all. And then listen attentively. There is a lot you can gain from a, a person's experience by paying attention and don't talk. Just let them get it all out. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I like to do is praise people for their accomplishments, their talents, or even just like the smallest things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are people who work behind the scenes and they don't get enough recognition. Yes. Yep. But please believe if that person was not doing that job, that others could not do theirs as well. Right. Whether this is a custodian, um, your receptionist, anyone. Right. These people, these behind the scenes people keep the rest of us in line and in check. Mm-hmm. Make sure you thank them. Yep. Make sure you let them know. Hey, I see you. Girl, you're doing a thing. Thank you so much. Please and thank you, y'all. Simple stuff. Right. Simple stuff. Right. Number four, connect with the mission. This means reading you all. (laughs) Know your company's mission. Know your job description. Read. Figure out what your how your role relates to the overall purpose or the mission of your organization. Right, right. That's important. That's yep. important. Knowing your purpose within the bigger picture yep. of whatever organization you work for is is so important to mm-hmm. to not getting burnt out and feeling like you are part of something bigger. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's important for people to feel like they're part of a team. It is. And that also means carrying your weight, because what you don't do, you are putting onto the plate of another coworker. Right. You are adding to the burnout of another person. So please hold your end and what you're supposed to do in your role. Be Mm -hmm. prompt and be, you know, just if you have something's going to be late, just let people know. Just communicate again, back to communication. But again, like understanding your company's values um, and their mission. When you understand this, you can also call someone out when it's not being met. If the mission of your company or the organization that you work for is to, I don't know, prevent or just help or provide resources for people without homes. Okay. And you're noticing that some of the things that the senior staff is doing does not align with that goal. You can remind them, hey, this mission says we're doing this. Right. Yet. I see us falling short in this area. Right, right, yeah. Or being able to point out, hey, we're not going to be able to provide what we're supposed to be able to provide because of this. That too, yeah. And, you know, just make sure that everyone's clear on that. Mm -hmm. Also, another thing is understand if you disagree with the, the company's values, you might have to make some accommodations so you can move on. Don't just, just read about jobs before you apply to them. Mm -hmm. Don't apply for a uh, Catholic organization, but you don't agree with religion. Right. Just don't. Right. You're you're because more than likely you're gonna be yeah. working with people who are religious or spiritual. If that's not your bag, this is probably not a space for you. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna you're gonna quietly quit real quick. Real quick. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> and five, continue learning. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you were the executive, the CEO, the super duper dean of whatever it is that you do, mm-hmm. you never stop learning. Yep. And it doesn't matter who you learn from. Right. That's right. Keep, like the, the moment you start thinking you're better and you have peaked, uh, just go ahead and retire. Yeah. Because what we see is that as years progress, things change. So we have to keep our skills up to date. Yep. And it also helps us, um, it challenges us and motivates you. Yeah, you have to be able to evolve and, and adapt. Yep. Yep. This is why we have issues right now with people who have been, I would say particularly in my profession, my profession, people who have been in the profession since Moses and <laughs> everything is particularly with older clinicians, I feel like they have this, I am the know-all authority of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. We have found that that don't work. Yep. You are not. Right. So just keep up with all the, the new methods, any or any new skills that apply to your career, stay up with it. Also, y'all, that, that raises your, um, that could raise your salary. Because if you say you have to get a new job, if you did not keep up with, you know, the merging trends in your career field, you might not be employable. Right. Stay on it. Right. So you can take courses online, read books about your industry. I am constantly reading whether it is just like even from like the mundane to like huge things. I am constantly staying up on my industry, join committees and volunteer for projects. I 
I am on a few boards that just keeps me in the know to the things that uh, are to the population mm-hmm. that I work with. Yeah. And a lot of things you're not going to get paid for. Right. Yeah. That's... What's it worth to you? Yep. Does this career mean enough for you for you to do some things that means enriching your knowledge, but not get paid for it? Yeah. Yeah, it's up to you. Mm. If not, oh, well. (laughs) All right. Six, stay solvent. Let me explain this. (laughs) There's already some talk about quiet firing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) When you mentioned that, I was like, "Mm, side eye. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting because I I learned about quiet quitting when I was reading an article about quiet firing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so... Oh, yes, yeah. So quiet firing is a passive aggressive way <laughs> to pressure difficult employees to leave. <laughs> that sounds like we're laughing, but that is such a crappy thing to do. It is. It's setting it someone is. And up. I for feel failure. like someone who is afraid to actually tell someone they're fired came up with this. Yeah. Oh, we like, need to just shut off their access. <laughs> it reminds me of that that movie, is it the office? Where the swing line stapler, swing line stapler? Yes. And, yes. And he keeps coming to work. Yes. Didn't know he was fired nope. because his job became redundant. Right. No one told him. They got rid of his position. <laughs> they turned off the lights in this man's office. <laughs> And he kept coming because <laughs> no one told him he was no fired. Him. No one said anything. <laughs> That's the extreme version. Like, yeah, if you yeah. ain't getting paid, time to pack up your, get your cardboard box. Right. Put that little, is an extreme version. Yeah. It's, put your little succulent in the yeah, box and just Satirical, peace. actually. Yep. But I, I get what they were saying. Like, yeah. you know, that's the cool thing about satire. Is Let like, people know. Yes. And... <laughs> um, and what I will say about this passive aggressive way of dealing with difficult employees is crap. You owe it to not only the the consumer and the people that you are the population that you serve mm-hmm. to make sure you have people who are effective at their job. Right. And not addressing issues with an employee and just setting them up for failure does not take away the fact that they're still doing a crappy job. Right. So, yeah. no, that's not okay. Hold people accountable. Hold people accountable. It So this quiet firing has actually lowered morale. Mm. And I, I think I've seen this. <laughs> now, I think I know I've seen this. Y'all who know me know who I'm talking about and know where I've seen this. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you look around in the entire, or at least the mid-level to entry-level employees all look like somebody ran over their cat that morning and they always look like that. Yeah. There's a problem. There's a problem. It's not just one person. There is internal issues. Yep. And typically that's because you don't know if your job is secure. When you start hearing and we know how, how rumors and jobs can start, someone gets fired and before you know it, Everybody talking about it and then yep. you're just wondering like, geez, am I next? Right, right. Leaders, be transparent. Well, what did he do? What did she do? <laughs> so if you are in a situation where you feel like you're going to be quietly fired, <laughs> and you want to think about your paycheck. So one thing is plan an exit. Right. 
that I'm, I'm saying that in, and be very cautious in how you do it. Mm-hmm. Keep this to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Keep exactly. It close to the keep it close to you. Exactly. Because if you drop the bomb too early, they might fire you for purpose. Just general purpose. Right. Like, oh, well, we was planning on getting rid of you anyway. Yep. <laughs> Don't quit before you have a job lined up. Right. And also figure out when you are going to start that new job. Right. Don't put in your two weeks after the new job says here, sign your thingy or sign your, your job description and all this other your stuff. Your offer letter. Your yeah. offer letter. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to start you two months because that's right. What, and now you, you've, <laughs> how are you going to pay your bills? And yeah. now you sitting there like, what? Yeah. So yeah. like get all of this information in planning your exit. And you all, I hope, I hope, I hope that there are enough places out here for you to find some spaces. I think supervisors and executives, mm-hmm. they are all getting a wake up call because the working American has found ways to make money in different ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've found, I won't say unorthodox, but the typical nine to five is like going away. Yeah. It's like when... The, the idea of like America period where you can come here and you can make something of yourself. People are actually finding ways through Etsy and right. stuff. Like we just, finally figured it out. We figured it out. Yeah. And the average person has figured it out. It's yes. not some secret anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I understand the great resignation. During that time, I happened to be in a leadership position and just being behind the scenes and hearing how certain people feel like they're doing you a favor and like, (laughs) you know, oh, well, they should just be grateful no matter what we do to them. Guess what? They ain't. And people are demanding to be treated well and treated like humans and respected at their jobs. Right. So y'all executives, you senior leaders, get your crap together. And if you say you value your employees, it has to be more than saying, I value my employees. Your actions have to speak that you value your employees. Yes. They deserve the same respect you demand from them. Yep. And you never know who or what come back and bite you in the butt. Yeah. Watch who you are Isn't stepping that, on. That's something too, because you never know what those people will be. You never know. Yep. So let's wrap this up. Concerns about quiet quitting may turn out to be exaggerated. I personally don't think so. I think that this is something that especially career counselors probably should do more research in, and I'm going to read it because that's what I do. (laughs) But it does raise real questions. You spend about, the average person spends about one third of their life at work. So make the time as pleasant as possible. More importantly, pursue your purpose through whatever means works for you. All right, let me give you all your affirmation for this. Creative energy surges through me and leads me to new and brilliant ideas. You are worthy, you are valued, and you are loved. Peace, fam.